And, and what we really want to do is talk about what hope is and what it will lead us into. Uh, hope, did you know hope is a biblical and important thing? Yeah, we knew that. Amen. You see, you see, sometimes there's other things that get emphasis. And, and obviously, we're even told scripturally that there is hope, faith, and love, right? And the greatest of those is what? Love, right? Because who is God? God is love, right? So God's love is not just a concept. It's his presence in our very lives. Amen? And so that said, though, faith and hope both matter a lot. All right. And then what we've seen is sometimes there's an imbalance. You see, sometimes hope gets emphasized without the call to move in faith towards the hope. And therefore, we just sit still and talk about what God might want to do someday. Right. Or there's the flip where we don't even know what we're hoping God is going to do, but we want to live lives of faith. And so what we do is we live unstable, purposeless lives rallying in faith, but not really getting much done long term, right? We don't see a, a consistent growth. And I believe that when we combine these three things, faith, hope, and love, that's when we're going to see just our lives transformed. How many of y'all would like to see the glory of God in your life in a greater measure? Yeah. Me too, man. It's like it's so exciting to think about. And then let's not stop there. How many of y'all would like to see the glory of God in our community in a greater measure? Like, come on, y'all. It's going to take the church being the church. That's what it's going to take. Like, I'm, I'm done saying God's hope is to transform Menominee, Wisconsin, without also saying it is going to require us. Can you say us? Not me. Us all of us being the body of Christ together, which is why I absolutely lose it when I hear that 300 plus people are getting served with the love of Jesus on a day where a meal matters, right? Like, that's so beautiful. That's, that was, that was hope, you know, that was a, that was a, whoa, can we do this? And thank God for inspiring Rebecca and thank her for leading us on this journey of expressing God's love. But guess who didn't do that? Me. Right? That's the body being the body. And I believe there's so much more room to grow in that. I believe like Robin was saying, God is going to be pouring out more and more. Prophetic words, you know what's a trip? Yesterday, I got two words just specifically for me. Like in random, like completely spontaneous. I'm not talking like we were in conversation and somebody's like, oh yeah, and I've got a word for you. I mean, people went out of their way to communicate a prophetic word to me. And I was just like, wow, this is cool. Let's keep moving. Amen? Let's keep moving to where like two in a day is just like, oh yeah, two in a day. You know? Let's continue to grow in this to where we're not surprised when God moves but that it's the norm, and we do not take it for granted. Amen? Let's, right off the get-go, if we're going to decide we want to see more of God moving in all of us and through all of us and more regularly, then let's right here and right now declare we will not take him for granted. Amen? Awesome. So, anyways, sometimes we get 
off base. Sometimes we emphasize one thing at the expense of another. And I believe that God's heart for us is to live balanced lives that are, again, being transformed in shape and transforming and shaping others. So let's start off in some scripture here. This is Romans chapter 15, verse 13. This is kind of like our series scripture. You know, when we were praying and going through and talking about this series, this is really the one that God highlighted to both Pastor Paul and I. And in this, if you would, please, you all know how we do it. Bold words, read them with me, all right? It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that we can have joy and peace in the process of believing? Hello, church. This, see, this is good news because, you see, sometimes it's like, okay, God reveals to me what he wants to do, what he's going to do, right? I receive that as truth, right? We believe that we receive it, and then we will have those things. But from the process of receiving it to seeing it, sometimes we can get a little eeyore Hello? Like, oh, God, when are you going to do anything, you know? And I just want to encourage you in that we can have joy and peace in believe, believing. That is good news, y'all. And it's not by anything we're going to stir up. It's by what Holy Spirit is stirring up in us. Amen? Like, like I just, again, it's so important to declare reliance on him. The only way I can be remotely Christ-like is by the power of Holy Spirit, because he's the one who leads us into all truth, who shows us who Jesus is, who shows us what our inheritance is in the Father as his children. Amen? So God's desire, God is the God of hope, and he wants to fill us with joy and peace in believing. Now, I know that some of us are like, yeah, right. You don't know what I'm believing for, and you don't know how much of a struggle it is. You're right, I might not know that. But I'm not here to just talk to individual experiences. I'm here to declare the truth of the Word of God and to encourage us not to create standards by which we measure ourselves without the influence of God, but to encourage us to invite His power and His presence in to maybe change things. Sometimes the problem is we discredit truths that look contrary to the lie we've been believing. And since it doesn't match up with our experience, rather than seeing our experience altered and changed by his power, we just say, no, that's not it, because that's not what I've had. There's something more. Can y'all say there's something more? So, I just wanted to look at the, the Greek definition of the word hope. I think it's pretty cool. The word is elpis. Can y'all say elpis? It means to anticipate, usually with pleasure. Can y'all say pleasure? Now, sometimes the reason why it says usually with pleasure is sometimes hope is actually used in a negative context because it's an expectation or a confidence. Did you know that you can have hope in what the enemy is going to do? It's called fear. That's what it's called. That's just perverted hope. And it's unpleasurable expectation or confidence. The beautiful God hope is pleasurable 
full of expectation, and it's confident. You see, hope is not just a pipe dream. And I think that's why hope has been discredited, is because we just look at it as these like vast concepts that we come up with, and I don't know, maybe God will do it, maybe he won't, I don't really know. This says that we can have a joy and a peace and a pleasurable anticipation, expectation, and confidence. You see, if something is not yet the way I know it truly is in Christ, then I anticipate the way it's going to be, and I get stoked. Right? You don't look at the way it's going to be and then go, oh, but I'm not there. You look at the way it's going to be and, oh, okay, God, let's go. Two very different reactions, right? And listen, a lot of different factors that we're going to talk about kind of factor into uh, kind of the way that we're triggered by hope. You know, certain things can kind of have a negative influence on us and cause us to shrink back. You know, I'll say shrink back. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. We're actually encouraged not to do this. Hebrews chapter 10. You see all those uppercase stuff that's because it's quoting the old testament okay so when you see that in your bibles that's what's going on if you don't know that it's not just that all of a sudden uh whoever wrote the book of hebrews is starting to yell you know it's it's <laughs> some people all caps a little more than they should just say it you know uh, but it doesn't mean that they're spontaneously yelling it just means that they're quoting the old testament and so this says here for yet in a very little while he who is coming will come and will not delay but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Huh. If we shrink back, God's soul has no pleasure in that. Now that can be misreceived as condemnation. Once more, it's not. It's an invitation. Because onward it says, but, come on, let's read this together. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. We are not of those who shrink back. Amen? We're not shrinking back, church. I refuse to shrink back. And something that God really showed me is we can either shrink back to destruction or grow forward into his creation. Did you hear me? We can either shrink back to destruction or grow forward into his creation. Now you might be like, what does that even mean? Grow forward into his creation. How many of y'all know God created us in his image? Yeah, that means that he's given us the capability of cooperating with the Holy Spirit to create, to change things. We can actually change the world. I mean, like, the world. Yeah. We are changing it. So let us not shrink back to destruction. Bleh. Destruction. You know, it's funny. One thing that the enemy uh, likes to make us think is so like let's say we're walking in faith we're believing for something god gives us hope and we're believing and we start walking it out right and then for whatever reason we're not seeing things line up the way they should we're starting to get frustrated we think that shrinking back is safe shrinking back is destruction shrinking back is not safe Shrinking autopilot is not good. 
autopilot is harmful. Why? Because we were designed to, again, cooperate with the power of Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, therefore, to shrink back is to say, no, God, we're not doing this. I just want to go back to me. I just want to shut down. And maybe you don't even, maybe you even talk yourself into not wanting to do it, but you make the decision to do it. Sitting down is not safe. Do you hear me? Now, now this, <laughs> I know you might be like, oh man, you're beating me up while I'm down. No, I'm not. I just don't want you to think that giving up is safe. It's not. It's our, our souls are preserved as we move into uncharted territory with Holy Spirit. Because again, that's what we were designed for. In John 15, it says, he is the vine and we are the what? Right? That's good. Some, something God was showing me this morning <laughs> was, was that we don't just go out on a limb. We are the limb. Right? Like, we don't just, like, go out on a branch. We are the branch. And if we will decide that we will just be the thing reaching forward, right? If we will just commit to the fact that our lives are going to look like, oh, I better be connected to the vine, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I better be connected, otherwise I'm not going to make it. Amen. Like, that's our life. That's our call. We are the branch. So, without real spirit-led hope, our faith has nothing to bring substance to. Nothing to bring substance to. And we will shrink back to destruction. So, <laughs> if me talking about shrinking back has already caused you to shrink back, well, hey, good news. We're going to talk about the various, again, the various things that kind of cause us to shrink back, and we're going to counterattack the lies of the enemy with the truth of God. Amen? So, so one of the things that I think causes us to shrink back is just a lack of actual God-given hope. So Ephesians chapter 1. Again, I think one of the reasons we shrink back is a lack of hope. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and, for your, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, already may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. So that you will what? Know. Not guess. Not, well, I don't know. Blah, 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 that you would know. That you would know who he is and to know the hope of his calling on your life. That you would know. That's beautiful to me. Because oftentimes we don't talk about hope in terms of knowing. You can know hope. And when you know hope, that's going to encourage you to confidently walk in faith. Do you hear me? If we don't know what we're shooting for, then again, there's nothing to put substance to. We might just every now and then, oh, I'm going to try and step out here haphazardly. 
instead of letting our lives be a mission, letting every part of ourselves be open like a living sacrifice for God to use. And we go, Lord, whatever you want to do, you get to do it. Amen? That you would know. Holy Spirit will reveal to us our inheritance, the hope the Father has for us, and who we are and what we have available in him. Sometimes we shrink back because the path forward is painful. Anybody? Yeah? Um, I've been there, man. I've had things that God's called me into uh, be turbulent <laughs> would be a kind word for it. Um, but sometimes, like, the thing that God calls me into is just like, ah, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to hurt. I know that this is going to require pressing through conflict. I know that this is going to be a painful thing. And so since we see pain before us, we go, nope, never mind. That is the opposite of what Jesus did on the cross. Do you hear me? That is the opposite of Christ-likeness. Now you might say, well, Jesus did it all on the cross, so I don't have to do anything. We're called to participate in this life in a Christ-like way. I'll, I'll prove it to you scripturally. Let's take a look at Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. It says this, Therefore, if y'all if aren't catching on to this, just read the book of Hebrews. Like, for real, this, I, when, we, when we started talking about how we were going to be studying this, I opened up Hebrews and I was just like, wait a minute, this chapter talks about hope? Wait a minute, this chapter, the whole thing talks about hope and faith together. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. I love that it just like, just lay it aside. It doesn't say, Battle it with all your might. <laughs> you ain't nothing compared to him laying you aside. And the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance. Can y'all say endurance? You see, the race that is set before us requires endurance. I need to tell you this so that when you start running a race and it's not all flowers and sunshine, that you're not like, oh no, what's the matter? The call of God on your life requires endurance, yeah. Yeah. requires perseverance. That does not mean the enemy is the, or that God is the one causing you trouble, but what it does mean is that when we run towards God and his kingdom, let's remember there is a spiritual war going on behind the scenes. And you need to know that. Yes, the victory's already been won, but we're saying on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Like when wars are won, not all of the battles end. Did you know that? When wars are won, the victory is declared, and then there's like that interim time where we're still enforcing what is right and true. That's where we are in the kingdom right now, on earth. And we're going on earth as it is in heaven. Let's, let's let the victory of God be established, but that is a turbulent experience. It's not always easy. And I want to tell you that so you're not freaked out when you start getting hit with stuff. And check this out. This is talking about Jesus. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Y'all ready? 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Who for the joy set before him endured. Right? That means that there was something beautiful over there and the process to seeing over there come to pass was something that was painful to endure. Interesting. But wait a minute, I thought everything was good and fun and sun and... Listen, again, joy and peace in believing. Amen? So what that means is, is that from here to there, there's things to endure. But in, any, in anything that we endure, it's an opportunity to yield to the power of Holy Spirit and to yield to him and just say, wow, God, you, I, my hope ultimately, can I just level with you? My hope ultimately is just to be in his presence. In every moment, in every moment, there's, and this is scripture and we'll get there, but there's no room for disappointment when the love of God by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life is just a reality. You cannot be disappointed in that. You can get your eyes fixed on everything else, but when you fix your eyes on Jesus and the calls that he has for you, and if you're willing just to yield to the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, there's going to be a joy and a peace in the process of believing. It doesn't mean we go, so I don't believe anything. I'm fine. I got the presence of God. Well, God is calling us forward, and therefore, to be in his presence, I need to be where he's going. So for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Y'all ready? For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hmm. There are opportunities to grow weary and lose heart. Holy Spirit constantly leads us back to Jesus. Constantly. And that's the beauty. Again, if we just say, okay, God, you're with me. I know you're with me. Then no matter what the enduring thing looks like, we can have joy and peace moving forward into the joy that's set before him. So I like this because there's a joy that's set before us, but there's a joy to be experienced on the way to the joy set before us. There's joy everywhere. Y'all don't seem too happy about that. Yay. Thank you for the good news, preacher. There's joy there, and there can be joy on the way to there. That's even, even think about that in terms of heaven, right? Hello? What, y'all don't want to go to heaven? Huh? Can I, what? Do you look forward to that or what? Listen, right now we're told that we see dimly as though through a glass. But we're supposed to see heaven on earth. Yes, we are! And I want to see heaven on earth. And that's, that's my hope. But I don't want to discredit how awesome heaven's going to be. Right? So there's a hope out there, and there's hope on the way. There's joy out there, and there's joy on the way. There's peace out there, and there's peace on the way. Amen? That's good news, man. So, another, another thing that sometimes can cause us to shrink back is we've seen failures in the past. Anybody ever try to move in the direction that God's calling you and then feel like it was an utter failure? Hey, hello. 
I mean, yeah. Uh, join the club, all right? And if you haven't been there, then I'd say that you're probably not trying much. And, and one thing, you know, when we went to that conference, uh, was that a month ago now? I don't know how long it was. It was just some, some point ago, back in the day, we went to a conference. And one of the things that really stood out to me, and I think it's going to be required to just be integrated into the culture of our church, is just saying, listen, we are all going to miss it. Okay? Listen, if, if we want more prophecy in our church, then we need to admit to ourselves that none of us are infallible. Amen? And what the beautiful thing is, I, I even like the fact that as prophecy increases, it's going to require everyone else to be accountable to discern whether or not that is from the Spirit of God. But let's not throw out prophecy because of the fact that, oh, well, they might mess up or they might say something weird. Anybody ever mess up or say something weird? Yeah? Me too. And so the beautiful thing is, is if we can just encourage all of us, and it's a weird thing to say that knowing we're going to fail sometimes can be an encouragement. It really is because it sets you free from the pressure of perfection. And this is coming from a former perfectionist. Okay? I get it. I'm with you. But I want it all to be right before I do anything. You're never going to do anything. You just won't. Or you'll do like one thing. And by the time you get around to doing it, God's moved on to something else. Because you're sitting there dotting I's and crossing T's he never told you to. Hello. <laughs> oh, bringing it hard. I think that part of looking at failure in the past, first of all, we're told not to consider the things of old. Did you know that? We're told in, in, in the book of Isaiah, I find it very beautiful. It says, hey, don't, hey, there it is. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Right? Behold, I will do something new. Can y'all say new? Well, yeah. oh, you didn't see it before. Well, he's doing something new. But how come before? I don't know. He's doing something new. Don't get stuck in the I don't know, I don't get, I didn't see. Don't get stuck there. Just stay dependent on him, even in the midst of your confusion. Okay? Again, like, I think sometimes we think that we get to fully understand God. And like, don't get me wrong, we have the mind of Christ and we're constantly growing into who he is. But I am not going to let my lack of complete knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes prevent me from impacting this scene. Hello? So what is a failure? Is it over? Is Maybe it got hard and you gave up. Is it over? Like, if the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance, they don't change, they don't turn, then I want to tell you, it ain't over till it's over. Did you hear me? 
It ain't over till it's over. You're growing weary. It ain't over till it's over. You'd be like, yeah, but I saw someone die or, or, or they're dying or they're going to die. Listen, like that is not a failure. I need to tell you that. Like, like that's, that needs to be firmly established. I know I brought this up last week, but I refuse to give the enemy more credit than he deserves. If anything, he bought them an expedited ticket to glory and fullness. Even death is twisted on its head. And that's hard to understand when you're in it and you're seeing it. But there is hope. And so if we've seen that happen, I want to tell you, in Christ, even death has lost its sting. Did you hear me? Now, we're impacted. Yes, there's a loss. Yes, that hurts. Yes, and I'm not discrediting that. That is very real. But I just want to tell you, in God's eyes, it is not a failure. Did you hear me? It's not a failure. Too many people have shut down on the other side of that because they thought it was a failure. God's shifted everything. I, the only way that I could see anything being a failure is if we just yielded to hopelessness. You know? That's why I'm shouting, like, let's go to the grave in hope. Then it's a win. Then it's a win. Then it's no matter how, no matter what happens, it's a win. Because not yielding to the enemy and yielding to the Holy Spirit, that is a win. But I didn't see the manifestation. In Hebrews 11, right before we get to 12, it talks about a bunch of people who did not see their promises manifest before they died. Did you know that? That's what it says. It's like, whoa. Yeah, and they're heroes. And they're looked at as heroes. They're celebrated. Like, wow, you rallied to the grave. But because we see it as a failure, we get all caught up in the failure thing. And then it's like we, we go there and we end there. And then nobody's like, you did it. You passed on. We go, what an epic failure. It's not. It's not. The, dev the God has twisted what the devil has done into something beautiful. That's it. So another thing that can cause us to shrink back is taking pressure that we were not designed to take. Uh, let's take a look at Hebrews again. Chapter 12, 1 through 2. Uh, we already read this, but I've emphasized a different part here. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance in the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. He is the author and he is the perfecter. Don't take something that God is the author of and try to perfect it on your own. Did you hear me? You will collapse. You cannot handle that weight. We will grow weary and we will lose heart. Jesus said, all you who are weary and burdened, come to me and I'll give you rest. Right? 
We were not designed to carry the weight of trying to perfect the authorship of Jesus. He writes a story we can't fulfill on our own. So don't take, it's, it's just funny how we can do this. Even in the book of Galatians, they're rebuked for doing this. It says, are you so foolish, Galatians? Having started by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? It's a foolish thing to take what God has started and try to complete it on your own. Again, because we live in his presence. Amen? We don't go, okay, God, thanks for that. I'm going to take it and go do my own thing. No, we stay with him. I would also say, don't take your authorship and expect him to perfect it. Did you hear me? So don't create your own thing kind of flippantly without the leading of the Spirit of God and then go, okay, yeah, Holy Spirit, yeah, you're, you're supposed to fill this thing. Well, what did God say to you? Are you asking him to complete the story he wants to write or are you asking him to write an entirely different novel? Hello? Different things, right? And so all I'm saying is the beautiful things that God calls us towards, let's just make sure that when he speaks them to us, we're like, wow, that's God. And then when we walk them out, we go, God, I need you. Again, I refuse to be a branch that's reaching out on my own. That thing's going to die. It's going to fall to the ground lifeless. But when I yield to the vine, I stretch out firm and powerful. Amen? It's the kind of branch you can climb on, man. I'm not one of those branches you put your foot on them and it's like, you know, and it falls down and then you're like, you know what I mean? No, I'm a branch that you could confidently step on, not because I'm anything, but because I am rooted, I am founded in the vine. Amen? Every one of us. Another thing is that we tend to do that can cause us to shrink back is fixing our eyes on the manifestation. Now, I can tell you this from personal experience, okay? How many of y'all know I am fighting a battle with my feet? If you don't know that, you need to know that, and you need to pray for me, okay? I'm not afraid to invite my family in on this. These feet belong to Jesus, and they need to be whole and healed. I don't know what's got to happen. I don't know who needs to touch them. I don't know what. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that I've been in seasons where I have made healed feet my hope. Now listen to me. Listen to me. You can have hope in your inheritance in him. And you can believe that God wants to and will heal your feet. But what you can also do is instead of seeking the source and the provider, you can get distracted from the beauty and the awesomeness of what he wants to show you that might even lead you to the place where your feet are getting healed, but you're dismissing him because you're like, no, I'm only looking at what's before me. No, I'm only looking at what's before me. Manifestations can turn into idols. They can. That's why I've been told to seek him first, and then all the other things will be added unto us, right? So what am I seeking? I'm seeking him. Who do I know him to be? A healer, right? Like, I know that to be true. 
But I'm not going to discredit all of the other things he wants to do and the other attributes of who he is because I'm not currently seeing a manifestation of one part of who he is. Once more in a fallen world where a battle is happening. Right? So don't let... It says fix your eyes on Jesus for a reason. Fix your eyes there. This hurts so bad though. Fix your eyes there. Lord, my feet hurt. You can do that. You can do that. Lord, my feet hurt. Give it to him. Right? Be real with him. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't let what we see keep you from seeing him. Colossians 3, 1 through 2 says this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, who's serious? Then act like it. <laughs> I love it. Act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Somebody needs to hear that today. Look up. Look up. You got your eyes to the ground discouraged? Look up. Let him, as a matter of fact, just be vulnerable with the Spirit of God and let him direct your eyes to Jesus. Again, that's what he does, right? He is the comforter. He is the teacher. He is the one who leads us to Jesus. So Holy Spirit, help us. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. How many of y'all can commit to that? Yeah? So the last thing, I'm going to pound this one out, is time. How many of y'all, sometimes it takes longer to see the thing that God has shown you than you want it to take? Anybody? Am I alone in that? I want it now! A bunch of Arukas in the house, you know what I mean? Anybody seen Willy Wonka? Yeah? Man, Christians sometimes, that's what we're like, you know? I want it now! Don't be like that, man. And at least don't let your desire get in the way again of everything else God wants to give you and show you. So let's take a look at Proverbs 13, 12. This is an important portion of Scripture. It says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Let's go ahead and pull up the definition for deferred. Deferred, the word is mashach, and if you say it in Hebrew, it's like mashach. You know what I mean? They got the thing going on. I can't do it all that well, but mashach, you know. And it means to be drawn out, postponed, or deferred. We don't love those words, right? Because oftentimes, again, we think that for something to be drawn out or postponed, we don't get to experience joy and peace in the process. You get to experience the presence of the Lord in your life even when the manifestation is deferred. Amen. That's good news. That means joy and peace are not someday. Joy and peace are now. On the way to someday. And someday is going to be great. Amen for someday. But amen for the presence of God, Emmanuel, now. Amen? Galatians 6.9 says this. 
Let us not lose heart in doing good. Y'all ready? For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. Pastor Paul says this. I think it's a good one. He says, how long is due time? Always longer than you think it should be. You know? It's like, yeah. I thought it was due time. Where is it? You know? I'm not the definer of what due time is. So speaking of growing forward, let's talk about pregnancy. Hello? So disclaimer, I am not pregnant. Okay? So uh, ladies in the house, forgive me. I admit somewhat ignorant on this, okay? The Apostle Paul ventured there. And so I am following his lead in declaring these things. But I can tell you this, Kara is pregnant, right? And I have seen it is a beautiful thing. I have also seen it can be uncomfortable, right? Like how many of y'all like being able to just like get up out of bed? Yeah, like that's a nice thing, right? Now you see Kara is entering this new lane where it's kind of like a, multiple move thing you know what i mean people who've been pregnant know about this it's not just like it's not just like the it's more like you know and like and it's not necessarily the most comfortable process it's a beautiful thing right but listen People would not be signing up to get pregnant if there was not the hope of a baby at the end. Right? And so, upon those terms, let's dive in to Romans 8. I'm going to read this in the message translation. It says here, that's why I don't think there's any comparison between present hard times and the coming good times. Can I just tell you something God showed me? Pain, the opposite of pain is not neutrality. The opposite of pain is bliss. I believe there's a difference between our earthly bodies, even the best as we've seen them function, and our glorified bodies. I think we're going to be feeling good. Now, you might be like, oh my God, he's talking about feelings and sensations. I thought God hates that. No. What I'm saying is pain is a perversion. And I think that God can go more than the opposite of whatever the enemy is trying to accomplish. Amen? And so glorified bodies are going to feel good. That's why I think there's, I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. Even though we're waiting, the joyful anticipation deepens. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. I love that he's just like, simply birth pangs. He obviously was not a pregnant man. You know, be like, they are like, the magnitude of birth pangs, you know? But it's, on, it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. 
we're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. Amen? Y'all yearning for full deliverance? That's a beautiful thing, man. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. I think it's so beautifully put. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. <laughs> Preaching to my bride up here. <laughs> amen and amen. Everybody's like, Stephen, did you ask Kara for permission to preach this? No, I did not. And it's good. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition. Check this out. This is what the Spirit of God does. He keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Isn't that good? So, again, if pregnancy was unending, without a promise at the end, it would be a miserable experience all around, right? Be like, what is this bump? You know what I mean? It keeps growing! You know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is coming? What is before you? If we can, if we can shift our eyes from the uncomfortability and the pain, even the rolling, right? Then we can let our anticipation grow and grow in this process. So, I just want to encourage you, the pain points to the promise, okay? If, let's at least, let's at, least let it be that, okay? Again, let's not let the enemy and what he's trying to do cause us to sit back, shrink back. We're going to grow forward. And no matter what those pains look like, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus and I am rallying for him and what he's got for us to the grave. Amen? And we're believing that God is giving us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation right? So that we would know the hope of our calling, that we would know our inheritance in him. Amen? So his presence in our pregnancy keeps us joyful and peaceful. I wrote this down because I thought it was cute. Holy Spirit is there to give the back rub. Hey, yo. Where where the daddy's at? Hey, Holy Spirit gives the back rub, right? To show us the ultrasounds and to pull us up from laying down. So in the process, he's there with you. He's not like, have fun with your pregnancy, see you later. He's there with you, helping you. Last thing I wanted to read, and I kind of want this just to be a prayer. A prayer over us. Let's read Romans 5, 3 through 5. I told y'all it's really hard to get out a message without Romans 5, 5. This in the, the Passion Translation says this, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. 
knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. Listen to this. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now, can y'all say now? Experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Amen. Amen. Lord, we want that to be so. We let you make it so. We yield to you in the process, and we thank you for showing us what it looks like. Step by step, we're growing forward in you. If we've shrunk back, Lord, give us what we need to get up. We receive your encouragement. We yield as encouragers. We thank you for showing us how to encourage one another. We trust you, and we yield to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's take a look at some of the questions we got for this week. Number one, have I shrunk back from my God-given hope, and why? Now listen, you're asking these to God, right? You're not sitting around contemplating this stuff on your own. Bring this before God, because he'll encourage you upon recognition. Number two, what is my inheritance in Christ? What can I hope for? What are we even allowed to hope for? Number three, how can we shift our perspective on failures from the past to keep them from preventing growth forward? Sound like stuff worth talking about? Yeah? Awesome. Well, you guys, God loves you. Let's stay open all week. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.